I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 103 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. If you are a brand new listener, welcome to our little Stellar Teacher podcast community. I am your host, Sarah Marie, and I truly hope that you find these podcast episodes helpful. And of course, if you are a longtime listener, you guys know I'm so incredibly grateful that you tune in every single week. And I really do love recording and putting these episodes together for you. I love figuring out what questions you guys have and how I can provide you tips and strategies and content that is going to make your job teaching so much easier and also hopefully a little bit more fun. And I'm excited because you guys have been giving me lots of questions for the podcast. And so today we are kicking off a little three-week mini-series that is all about writing about reading. And so many of you have expressed interest in wanting to really help your students become stronger when it comes to writing about reading. And over the past three to four weeks, whether it is on Instagram or in our reading membership or on my email list, I've gotten quite a few really amazing questions related to writing about reading. And so I'm curious, based off of some of these questions, if you can relate to any of them. I had one listener who said, I really want to be more intentional about having just as much writing to go with my reading. I want to do more read-alouds where we stop and reflect maybe at the end of every chapter or you know some frequency. And if you have any suggestions in that area, that would be helpful. I had another listener say that I know it's important to write about reading, but I'm stuck on how to do it. Help. And I also had somebody ask about how do we incorporate writing about reading into small group, especially if I feel like I'm already crunched for time. I had somebody ask about accountability for writing about reading. 
And I had somebody say that writing about reading is so important now that the STAR, which is the Texas state test, is revised, and I need some resources. Any ideas about short responses to reading would be so helpful. So, so many of you have asked these questions, and I'm sure you can relate to some of those, if not all of them. And again, like everything with teaching reading, our job as literacy teachers really is so I mean, there's so much to consider and think about and figuring out how can we be intentional about providing our students with meaningful opportunities to write about their reading is essential. But it's not just about the quantity, right? Like, let's give our students more opportunities to write, but are we giving them opportunities to also grow as writers through writing about reading? Do they have opportunities to refine their writing skills? So it's obviously such a big topic, but I'm super excited to be jumping into it with you for the next three weeks. So I kind of want to give you, before I jump into today's episode, I want to give you just a little bit about where we're headed. So today I'm going to share with you kind of like five general tips or principles that are really going to help you elevate your writing about reading. You know, these five tips that I'm going to share are going to help your students experience more success when it comes to writing about reading. So get excited for today's episode. And then next week, I'm sharing a really practical episode where I am going to share four response frames. So basically, these are like four ways that you can set up and structure your writing about reading assignments. And these are really going to be helpful if you have students who struggle with the writing side and even the comprehension side. But all four of these have really strong benefits that are going to help your students improve their ability to actually write clearly and correctly. And then our final episode in the series is going to be all about writing about reading during your small group lessons and how you can utilize your small group time to focus on writing about reading. So that's kind of where we're headed. And hopefully I'll be able to answer as many of your questions as I possibly can in the next three weeks. And if not, then we'll just revisit this topic in the spring sometime. But first of all, before I jump into the tips, when we talk about writing about reading, that is really kind of like this big category And basically, it refers to any assignment where students have to respond to a text through writing, through a written response. Sometimes it is also called a written response. It could also be called, you know, a reading response. It might be referred to as a constructed response on your state test. Basically, anytime students are writing a sentence, multiple sentences, a paragraph, or anything longer that is in response to something they read. I wouldn't categorize like a multiple choice test as writing about reading. I wouldn't say like fill in the blank is writing about reading and those things have their place. But writing about reading is really anytime students are having to come up with a written response that is a sentence or longer. And the reading response assignments, these writing about reading assignments, they can vary. There is like an endless possibility. You know, you could ask your students a general comprehension question that requires one to two sentences It could also be a prompt that encourages students to write an essay analyzing a character or theme. And it could also be a prompt asking your students to write a paragraph that summarizes the text. You know, the possibilities are endless. And those written responses vary from, you know, a single sentence all the way up to an essay. And the big thing is, is we really want to make sure that we're varying the types of responses. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But all of those things can be categorized as a writing about reading assignment aka a written response. Regardless of the specific details of the assignment, so whether you're asking your students to write a single sentence, an entire paragraph, or a longer essay, you want your students to learn how to develop a strong written response. 
And so when you're thinking about that, there's really two parts that are necessary and needed in order for your students to come up with a strong written response. And that is they need to have strong reading comprehension skills, but then they also have to have really strong writing skills. So if your students are lacking either reading comprehension or writing skills, they're going to struggle with writing about reading assignments. And if they are lacking both reading and writing skills, then they're really going to struggle. You know, but if you have a student who has great comprehension skills, they just they understand they can read a text, their listening comprehension, their comprehension is spot on. But if they struggle with writing and the mechanics and sentence structure and organizing ideas, they are going to have a hard time with any written response assignments. And kind of on the flip side, you might have a student who is an amazing writer. And if they are able to generate their own topics, they are just, their writing is detailed. They have great word choice and sentence structure. But if they struggle with reading comprehension, they're gonna have a hard time coming up with a strong written response. So really when you're thinking about your writing about reading assignments, these written responses, you wanna think about How can I support students with both the comprehension side of things and with the writing side of things? And so then we want to make sure that our teaching is balanced with both comprehension and writing and our feedback, our assessment, all of these things. There has to be that balance between talking about the comprehension side of things, but also the writing side of things. And I think sometimes, and I know this was the case when I was in the classroom, when I think about writing about reading, I tend to focus more on the comprehension side of things, and I often didn't give my students enough support both in teaching and feedback and practice with actually applying the writing side of it. And that was a missed opportunity for me to really grow and challenge and extend their written responses because we really only talked about it from the comprehension side of things. But writing is just as important in a written response as comprehension is. So Anyways, all that to say, if you feel like your students are struggling with comprehension or writing or both, these five tips that I'm going to share with you are really going to help your students improve both sides. And so these are kind of like just in general, five really good teaching principles for you to keep in mind when you are planning and practicing and implementing anything that is related to writing about reading. So tip number one is make sure that you are providing scaffolded support to your students. And so when we think about giving students scaffolding the support, that's this idea that it's like gradual release, right? If the goal by the end of the year is for students to complete a constructed response question or prompt on the end of your state test, well, then let's work backwards and think about what support can I give them now to help build their confidence and their knowledge to where they can get to that point at the end of the year. I'm not going to expect them on day one (laughs) to be able to respond to that prompt successfully, but we're going to work up to it. So a couple things that you can do are things like graphic organizers to help with comprehension. You know, if you've got a student who struggles with comprehension, break down the key ideas, help them fill out a graphic organizer, and then let them use that graphic organizer when completing their written response. Other things that you can do are give students opportunities to verbalize their response before writing it down. So whether this is, you know, talking through the comprehension side of things with a partner or even talking through it whole group, you know, what are the important details from the text we need to include? You know, what is this question really asking us? But before students just jump into writing independently, let them talk through the comprehension side of things and talk through their response first. So that way they kind of have a plan before they jump into the actual writing about it. Making sure that we model, I think so often we 
miss out on showing students our modeling and our thought process and not just our thought process from the comprehension and looking for text evidence, but also modeling how am I organizing the response to this? What is this question asking me? How am I going to start my sentence or my paragraph to make sure I'm answering the question completely? So making sure that you are modeling examples. And I think sometimes at the start of the year, we are heavy on the modeling, which is great, but we kind of assume that, you know, when we get to October, November, January, February, for sure, our students should know how to do this. And so we kind of scale back on the modeling. But honestly, modeling is something that you should be continuing to do for your students all year long. And then other really simple things, and this is one of the things I talk about next week, but giving your students sentence frames or sentence starters or response frames. So this is really great. And whether students struggle with comprehension or with writing, this helps. Basically, you're giving them a tool to help them get started. So it's, you know, if there's a question and they don't know how to start their sentence, give them the first three words of their response. Even if it's something as simple as in the text it said or in my opinion or, you know, the author said, whatever it is, but help them get started, you know, or if you're teaching them how to summarize, summary is a really hard, challenging skill for students. So give them a framework for it. You know, the strategy, the whole somebody wanted, but so then like that is a great sort of frame to give students to help them summarize. So that could be a tool that you use to help scaffold support. So tip number one, just really think about how can you scaffold your support at the start of the year, and then slowly over time, pull back on some of those scaffold tools that you give your students, scaffolded tool. I'm not even know, is scaffolded a word? <laughs> Scaffolding? I'm saying it as if it is, but you guys understand what I'm saying, right? We want to provide support at the beginning of the year and then slowly over time, help our students become more confident and independent. Tip number two, and I think this is really important when it comes to writing about reading, allow for collaboration. Our students love working with their classmates, and there are so many benefits to letting students work with a classmate. And so one of the things that I think can just be so helpful and make this part of your reading routine is let students work together once a week for a collaboration on a writing about reading. And it could be something that is connected to, you know, if you're working in a small group, let them work with another student in their small group. If you're doing a whole group read aloud, let them partner on a response, whether it is a stop and jot or at the end of a chapter or, you know, the whole text summary, whatever it is, let them partner and, you know, work with a peer. It doesn't even have to be the same shared text. You know, students could collaborate at the end of an independent reading assignment and say, hey, this is the book I'm reading. This is my response. Like, do you have any feedback or suggestions? And there's so many different ways that you can set up this collaboration. You could have students work on one response together. So two students work together to create one response, and then they submit that response. You could also have students individually respond to a shared text, and then they share their response, and they get feedback or collect ideas from a partner, and then maybe go back and revise their own response. But when students collaborate with a written response, it, first of all, allows them to double-check their own work to make sure that they're kind of like on the right pace, right? So like if they're discussing a comprehension question, they get to say, well, this was my thought. And, you know, maybe their partner has a different piece of evidence that they shared or they see it from a different angle. So it allows them to kind of just double check. Am I thinking about the text in a right way? But also it allows them to work through the writing process with a classmate. And so, you know, if students write something first and then have to share it with a classmate where they're reading it out loud, that allows them to go back and say like, hey, how does my writing actually sound? Did this come out the way that I wanted it to? So it's just a great opportunity for students to improve both their reading comprehension and writing strategies. And I think, I mean, collaboration is such an important part of the learning process. We learn from other people so often. And so 
Just make it a plan that once a week in some capacity, whether it's small group or whole group, you are going to let students collaborate and work together on a written response, whether they're working together on one response or they're doing a response individually and then getting feedback or ideas from a classmate or even working in a group. I mean, there's tons of ways that you could do this, but plan on making collaboration a regular part of your writing about reading routine. Okay. Tip number three is provide opportunities to revise and edit writing about reading assignments. And this one I think is so, so, so important. You know, when we teach students the writing process, really we want to make sure that students understand that that process is something that should be repeated with every single type of writing, not just when we're doing an essay or not just in writing class, but that writing process is really how we write anything And so give students an opportunity to go back and review a written response. And you can have students revise for word choice. You can have them revise for specific details. You can have them revise for sentence structure. You can have them revise to extend or expand their ideas. You could have them go back. And if they're writing a paragraph or a longer essay, they could revise their topic sentence. And I think even something as simple as, you know, if you gave your students a passage and it had a comprehension question that required, even if it was just one sentence or two sentences as a response, let them go back the next day or two days later and say, hey, let's look at that question again. Like, let's look at how we responded it. Is there anything that we can do to improve that writing? And it doesn't need to take a long time. And you don't need to improve multiple things. You could just say, hey, let's pick one word in that sentence and see if we can find a stronger word for it. And maybe you have your students go to a thesaurus or go back in the text or brainstorm, you know, do a little word web and brainstorm. How can we make that word more specific to the story? Or maybe you're looking at sentence structure and you're thinking, okay, how can we take this sentence and turn it into a complex sentence to add more detail? Or what details did we include in our answer? Can we give any more information? So just give opportunities to go back and revise and reflect on Any sort of written response that students have done, whether that is a single comprehension question, a paragraph, anything longer, because I think so often we have this idea, it's like, let's do more and more and more and assign more questions and more opportunities and starting new things. But sometimes the real sort of like magic and learning happens when we go back and we reflect and we revise on things that we've done. Plus, anytime that you revise, it's an opportunity to bring in and discuss grammar rules and syntax and sentence structure and all of those things that students tend to struggle with. So plan on revising and editing a writing about reading assignment. I think at least once a week is just a good sort of, you know, make that part of your routine. I always think about like, how can we do things to where I don't have to intentionally think about them anymore, right? So if you're like, okay, I want to be more intentional about that. Maybe you say every Friday, we're going to go back and we're going to revise a question, you know, whether that's whole group, independently, small group, however you want to do it. But Fridays, we're going to revise our writing about reading assignments, or at least one of them. Okay, tip number four is to provide a variety of writing response assignments. And, you know, again, we think about the goal, obviously, is to give students a wide range of assignments that are going to help their comprehension as well as their writing. But I think especially the more variety you can have in their writing about reading, the better it's going to be from a writing perspective. And students are really going to benefit from a writing And at the start of this episode, I kind of, you know, explained that really any response about reading that requires writing is considered writing about reading. And that can be a sentence level response. That can be a paragraph. That can be an entire essay. But it can be even more than that. You know, you can ask your students to brainstorm a list of character traits to describe a character. 
And that task is going to help your students with word choice and help them become more specific with words, you know, or the shades of meaning of words. You could ask your students to write a one-sentence summary of a single paragraph. So if you're doing a chapter and you want your students to write a summary, have them write a one-sentence summary of the chapter that they just read. And it's going to focus your students' attention on sentence structure and being able to identify, okay, what are the most important details? And can I write all of this information in a concise summary? It's an opportunity to write a complex sentence. So a one-sentence assignment can be a great writing about reading task. But you could even ask your students to write something like a personal narrative that shares about a time they learned the same lesson as the character. So now we're, you know, working on making connections. But even with that specific assignment, right, a personal narrative that shares about a time you learned the same lesson as a character, you're still able to gauge their comprehension in a big way. Because one, can they identify the lesson that was learned by the character? Can they explain, you know, why that lesson was significant, how it connects to the theme, how the character changed? And all of that, then can they show this sort of in their same personal narrative? So there's so many different ways that you can structure and set up your writing about reading assignments. But I think so often we ask a lot of questions and we ask students to respond to them in writing. And that is great. But there are just tons of different ways that we can set them up. So think about, you know, during the week, what is the level and the variety of writing about reading assignments? You know, is there a sentence level assignment that I can give my students? Is there a list assignment that I can give my students? Is there a paragraph assignment? You know, just really changing up the way that you structure your writing about reading assignments. And then my fifth tip is don't try to tackle too many objectives at once. And I think that we are really tempted to do this, especially in the area of writing. And I know that I hear a lot from upper elementary teachers that students, third, fourth, and fifth grade, really still struggle with writing. They struggle with writing complete sentences. They struggle with, you know, details. They struggle with organization. Writing is a challenge. but Think about how demoralizing it is for a kid to get a piece of writing back, whether it is in writing class or in reading class or in science class or in math class, wherever it is, and it is covered in red marks or purple marks or whatever color marks you use, you know, or the teacher says, like, you have issues with spelling. You spelled that word wrong and you missed this punctuation and this is not a complete sentence and this one's a run on and you didn't include the right ideas from the text. And basically, you just have destroyed their entire response And that student doesn't have anything to feel good about. And if they don't feel good about what they're currently doing, why should they continue to work hard to try to improve? Because they're not doing anything well, right? So we have to give students something to celebrate. And we also can't expect them to fix and improve every single area when it comes to writing about reading. Because again, remember, writing about reading is a huge category and it requires two big skills. It requires comprehension. And really, if you think about comprehension, there's so much that goes into that, right? We know like the vocabulary and text structure and genre and, you know, background knowledge. There's so much that goes into just comprehension. And then there's writing and there's so much that goes into writing. There's spelling, there's punctuation, there's sentence structure, there's planning, there's organization. And if we try to tell our students that you need to fix and work on all of these areas, it's going to be too overwhelming. And so a really good sort of rule of thumb when you're giving feedback or when you're looking at writing about reading assignments with your students, you know, no matter what it is, whether it is a sentence, a paragraph, a long essay, a list, you want to find one thing you can celebrate and only one thing for them to work on. So think a glow and a grow. And, you know, always find time to celebrate one thing and always find one thing to improve. And I think even for students, this is really helpful, even for students who are strong writers, 
you know, sometimes this is challenging for us as teachers because I remember when I taught fourth grade, I had some students who were seriously talented writers. And I was like, ooh, this is perfect. Like, I can't think of anything else you should do to improve this. But the reality of it is, is there is always something that we can do to improve. And so if your general rule is you're always going to get something to celebrate and you're always going to get something to improve, I think that just helps students know that it's like, I always have something that I'm doing well and I always have something that I can work on. And so it's motivating for them because the other thing is, is think about this. If you just tell them, hey, the next time you do a written response, I want to make sure that you use, you know, a detail from the text or I want to make sure that you use a really rich vocabulary word or I want you to try to write your response using a complex sentence or a compound sentence, whatever it is. But if you just tell them one thing to do, that is so much easier for them to manage and practice than if you tell them all of the things they're doing wrong. So don't try to tackle too much with too many objectives at once. So let me quickly just go back and review these five tips. So first of all, if you really want to help your students improve their written responses, both from a reading comprehension side and in improving their writing skill side, here are the five things that you can do. Provide scaffolded support throughout the year. Allow for collaboration with writing about reading, making sure they can work with their peers. Three, provide opportunities to revise their writing about reading. Four, provide a variety of writing response assignments. And then five, don't try to tackle too many objectives at once. I know that this is obviously just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to writing about reading. So I hope you will tune in for our next two weeks as we kind of dig into more specifics. But also, I would challenge you to pick one of these five tips that I shared today and start putting it into practice into your classroom. You know, in the same way that we tell our students that we're going to celebrate one thing that they're doing well and give them one thing to work on, you know, right now, before you jump into your instructional day or before you return to your house from your walk or finish getting dinner ready, whenever you're listening to this episode, take time to just acknowledge what is one thing that you are already doing well when it comes to your writing about reading and then not all five things, but what is the one thing that you're going to try to do this next week just to help your students experience a little more success? Because I know you're already doing so many things well, and hopefully you have one idea of something that you can try just to continue to improve in the area of writing about reading. So have a wonderful week. I'm just so excited to be jumping into this series with you, and I hope to see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.